Secret Friends Unite! Welcome to the Secret Friends Unite podcast, episode 346. This is your guide to the geek side, and I'm your host, Todd Oxtra, joined by my companion, Charlie Carden. Quasi-faithful companion. Absolutely. What's well, going you know, on? Yes. Yeah, yeah, well, you know, we, we, we try to keep it faithful at least as much as possible. We don't cheat on each other a lot. So, well, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, you know. It, it, it's an open-ish relationship. <laughs> poly, poly podcast us, I guess you'd call it. Poly, uh, uh, poly, polysythemia. Isn't that the thing where he did? Never mind. Okay. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, we're here. We're doing this thing. Three, four, we're, we're just about to mwah, kiss 350. That's a big number. Back in the 80s and 350, you get these big, like, the, the comic was thick enough that it had a spine, that it had, like, the name of it on the spine, like you could put it on a bookshelf. But you would never do that because it would not keep. So essentially, if we do the numbers, 52 weeks in a year times seven, if you did every week, you'd be at like 360 would be, you know, essentially seven years. But we're kind of off and everything's kind of funky, but we've been doing it at least for seven years. And the numbers yeah. are kind of like, it's nice to hit those numbers. Like we talked about, you know, last episode, 345 for some reason was a huge number for Hulk, which made no sense, but right. it is what it is. Well, but we'll, you know what, we'll stick with the fifth. We usually stick with the fifties as our kind of milestones, which is perfectly fine. Cause now we've hit, this will be our seventh 50. So that's quite a number of fifties. Okay, very good. So, uh, you have a comic here, and I do. You, I feel like I never missed a Spider-Man appearance back in the, uh, you know, in the early '90s. But it was uh, actually no. This is more the late '90s. I can tell just by the by the the style of the letterbox because like the numbering was. This was kind of the ones where you bought it and it said the world's greatest comics. When you would unfold, it had like a gatefold on the inside that would give you here's all the characters in the book. Here's stuff that happened in the last five issues or whatever. So this this definitely gets that that vibe. So you have Mar is is Marrow new? It says with so so Marrow's there was a uh, era of X Men, and this this launched uh, 1997. So this okay, was when Todd go. was getting back into comics because I was right, in Michigan right, State, right. and uh, ultimately I could go to a comic book store on campus versus you know driving twenty minute you know twenty minutes we, to we, Flint, Michigan. We went to that store because you and I were, were roommates at the time. We went to that store on Michigan Avenue, uh, Capital City Comics or something. And I know for a fact that that dude, he was like this dude with a beard and like he was skinny, long hair. He died. Uh, no, that's yeah. not the right. I, I never went to Capital City Comics, Charlie. I went there maybe once. I was always the guy that went to the shop on the corner on Grand River by Pinball Pete's that area. That I, was the I, shop I always went to. But that shop I'm talking about, that's where the that's where the Mango Klingon came from. We definitely went there. Oh, oh, once I, I no, I went there once. I I never went to that shop. It was a hole in the wall. It was a it was urine a, trap. Well, it was it was well. Take I was gonna say the guy died, so you didn't have to trample on his memory. But what no, I'm but saying is, is it, that, it, he is the comic book guy for what comic book shops are thought of in the past. But what I was gonna say was when he passed away, his sister took over his collection, and she's still selling off his collection like 15 years later. So oh, geez. And his, his pictures on the wall of her shop, and it's just it's a nice legacy. My guy, you didn't have to turn it into all that well well you completely pivoted for like 
that had nothing to do. <laughs> so I'm like, I don't know how we got there, but I, I was going to talk about those comic books. So yeah, I, what I was going to say, this was 1997. I was back into comic books going every week. So this was the era that I really loved with X-Men. I think I got back around 280 was when I got back into X-Men. So you could see where we're at. Uh, this was a great creative uh, time when, you know, age of apocalypse. This is follows that obviously uh, this was uh, Scott Lobdell was kind of the, uh, he was kind of the, took over for Chris Claremont in a way, the X-Men franchise. So he kind of rebooted some things. And we had a, basically these new X-Men that popped up. We had Marrow. Uh, we have a few other uh, characters, but it, nobody really stuck. I mean, I would say maybe a few, but you know, it was also the era of the, the next generation generation next. So it was a very weird time, but it was also kind of felt like this was their opportunity to bring in a lot of new characters and kind of start fresh because the X-Men were kind of down for the count, brought in some mutants to take on. And this one also st- uh, covered with uh, mirror on the cover operation zero tolerance this is essentially was an anti-mutant task force again uh again. but was led but led by a character named bastion which the long flame flam was he essentially was nimrod a uh sentinel from the future who could be different things. So kind of a weird take, but very cool uh, reinvention. And Joe Madeira, who is the cover artist, he kind of reinvented. It just brought a lot of life to the X-Men, uh, really gave a very lively take, almost the anime manga-esque look, which yeah. I absolutely loved to pieces. So this was a great era of X-Men, um, which led to then, eh, I would say tougher times, but then led to the Grant Morrison uh, era, which I loved to pieces. So there you go. Um, I'm just looking at the cover box, and it's a weird lineup. So it's obviously uh, Gambit and Rogue, which was very pivotal, the the 90s X-Men. Beast looks like he lost the bottle of gel. And then yep. who who's the guy to his right? And who's the is that supposed to be Magneto in the middle? So Joseph, or so Joseph is in the middle. That is kind of a long story, but it was supposed to be Magneto, like with that had lost his memory. Very weird storyline. Story uh, then the guy in the bottom is Bishop. Gotcha. Okay, but he, yeah. he looks, he's, his face looks weird. I don't know. I, I, maybe it's just, it's too small. Well, you can see a little M over his eye. So it was his, that was his trademark look. And so at one point, I think he had dreads. At one point, he didn't. But once again, um, he was brought in I think, around 270-ish uh, yeah. in, you know, mutant from, his his future was destroyed, so he came to our present to take out Cable. Uh, oh, I, I see it now. Yeah. He just, he was, because it's so small, it looked weird. But anyway, fascinating stuff uh the 90s uh you know the dream of the 90s is alive in portland or whatever um but we got to go a little further south from portland we got to get back to la uh at the corner of hollywood and vine to catch up uh with madam webb our senior news correspondent for her rumors and news so without further delay madam webb Take it away. Now it's time for Madam Webb's rumors and news. Take it away, boys. Thank you, Madam Webb. Oh, my goodness, Madam Webb. The football season's coming to an end for uh, high school teams. So your opportunities to get back in there and run for the uh, cheerleading presidency are running out. Oh, my goodness. Yes, you might have your old pom-poms, although they have probably turned to dust. Oh, boof. Uh, first up, uh, we got, we got some gems here this week, but we got, you know, I'll tell you as someone who is not the most ardent fan of the show, this looks pretty sweet. So why don't you tell me about this trailer for, uh, the house that's right next to big mama's house. What is it called again? Oh, the house of the dragon. Yes. Yes. This is going to be an interesting take because this will challenge all of my thoughts on prequels, which is game of Thrones 200 years before. 
So that's quite a big gap. You know, this is right. like 200 years. I mean, how many generations is that, Charlie? Is it generation 20 years? Yeah, exactly. So 10 generations. 10 generations. So that's a lot. So this is really uh, all about it, House Targar- Targaryen. It's exactly what I know you've been angling for for a long time out of Star Wars, you know, KOTOR. KOTOR! Absolutely. Get out of the way of, hey, that's my bu- that's my brother's friend's sister's cousin. I know right. him. Let's make him important again, like right. 30 years before. No, I think you have to go way back uh, to introduce to a world that's different than what we know, but it informs us of where we're going. But um, everybody's dead, so yes, you could say there's no stakes, but... Each of these characters has a path to play out that will remake the world as how we know it. And so I think this is kind of cool if it's done well. The hard part about this with Game of Thrones, I mean, it's going to be there's really no like written word like George R. R. Martin wrote Game of Thrones. I think the first five seasons, they pulled directly from that source material. Then he said, here's an outline. (laughs) And then right. just try to do a good job. And they're like, then, okay. I'm, I'm going to Disney World. Yeah, he's not ever really going to finish. And he's not, he's no spring chicken. So the chance of him actually finishing Game of Thrones at all seems more and more, you know, remote as time goes by, right? I think he's been working on the last book for 14 years. So that just tells you his pacing is a little bit off. Yeah. Wouldn't you just love to have a day job like that? Make you, make <sighs> you, feel, make you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. How you doing, George? Uh, Real sentence. I, I'm not, so I'm okay. But yeah, this looks this looks fantastic. Uh, you got Matt Smith, uh, who is, of course, I was going to call him James Bond. He's not James Bond. He's one of the Doctor Who. But could that? What, can that man? Does that man just look more gaunt as time goes by? What do they call that? What do they call that back in the '70s? Heroin. Lith. Yeah, yeah Lith. Whatever you want to yeah, call it. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He's going to be Prince Damon Targaryen. So you know, everybody's got you know those albinos are are back in fashion for the show. Um, <laughs> yeah, and um, it, it's based on Fire and Blood, apparently. Um, which apparently they took parts of that. It must have been flashbacks and things like that structure. But it's it's a book. Uh, so essentially, it, we'll see how much it gets uh, you know fleshed out. But right. if it's Game of Thrones. You know HBO's like, crap, we want to make this like eight seasons long. So I'm like, stretching, stretching, stretching. I don't know how they do it. But people like it, and we're making those big endorsement deals. Starbucks is back in for this one. (laughs) Yeah. So, I mean, this is going to be very interesting to see if they can nail it. Uh, But we are going to get a lot of interesting cast members and hopefully see lots of different parts of the whole region and delve more into those things versus, you know, and this is all really a lot of new material for everybody versus just like how hardcore, like I read all the books and I already know everything and they, why did they change it versus this is all new for us. So hopefully this is something that's engaging and well done. Um, And I'm not sure who, I mean, I don't know who the showrunners are, but you know, they've got a hard road ahead to come after something as big as game of thrones and as you know it was one of the last appointment shows i think we all had where it's like you watched on sunday right and it ended in a very controversial fashion you know absolutely people were were really burned up about the ending and i you know i guess i I won't say that i didn't have a dog in the fight i watched the last few seasons like everybody else and i didn't have major compunctions about how it ended i thought it's a story and it ends so it's okay with me um, but obviously yeah. that was not, the, you know, it was the same thing with Battlestar Galactica, one of my favorite shows. I really liked the ending. Some people never stopped bitching about it. I'm like, it was a story that had an ending and it was over. 
same with Lost, right? Yeah, I mean, exactly. and Lost was a victim of like the workers, the writer strikes. So right, that kind of screwed right. things up. Yeah, completely. But um, but we are hearing, though, you know, that, that we had heard lots of rumblings about other prequels. Apparently they did uh, develop a couple others, but they didn't. Uh, they fell to the wayside, including one with Naomi Watts, but just did not work out. So mm-hmm. we'll see how this is going. But we do know this is coming in 2022. Right. When right, in 2022? Is- we don't know. Well, but again, it's October now, so 2022 could be three months from now. We have no idea, so it's it's okay. So, Todd, I have a bone to pick with you on this next article, which I will tell you. Oh. You are forever banned from post, from using cord cutter news as a web source. I know that Well, you uh, do you have another one? I know I, it doesn't. I'm, I'm giving you shit right now, but I mean, Todd, I know of your love of the cord cutters group, but they cannot be considered a reputable source for our show. Well, I, I this is well. These are the news people from it. The people on the group are just yes. are these lost, basically clueless adults that I'm, will I'm, complain I'm, about paying for streaming. I'm just trying to tell you that this is. I am putting a, a forever ban on this as a news source. It's not allowed. I allow IGN. I can't allow this. I have to. Okay, is there a better news source for the story, Charlie? I, I stick to my basic news uh, sites is I, I stick with uh, uh, the, the comic book or oh my god I can't remember the name of the ones uh, comic book movie news I like Screen Rant and I like Bleeding Cool. So okay, I found I, a link and I, I will share it from I, SciFiWire.com. It, it doesn't matter. I'm I, I'm largely well. This one has more meat on the bone, anyways. Charlie, this one has more meat on the bone, anyways, okay. so it works well. So let me update the you link and you we, can. We all we all learned a lesson, but I'm just I'm largely giving you because your posts in that group just crack me up sideways. I love them. Yes. It always tends to show up in my feed that I'm like, oh, there's Todd talking to those cord cutters again. It's like, when when will he learn? When will streaming is more expensive than cable? Charlie, won't you ever learn? Oh, uh, yes. Yeah. All so right. here you go. Better link, Charlie, from Sci-Fi. Very Wire. good. That makes me very happy. But anyway, we're talking uh, we're talking right now about a spinoff uh, of WandaVision. And you guessed it. It was Agatha all along. Yes. Catherine Hahn's wonderful uh, character, uh, which took a big divergence, I think, from the comics, because Agatha Harkness in the comics was the elderly governess who helped raise Franklin Richards. Who's was she like leader. was she like the Veronica to Madame Webb's? Betty, I think. Oh my God! Why do? Yeah, why do you think you don't see Archie anymore? Why didn't fighting he, why over fighting fighting over Otto Octavius? <laughs> they probably they probably destroyed his soul to a distant dimension. But sure. anyway, yeah, it's looking like uh, the head writer of WandaVision, uh, Jack Schaefer. Jack Schaefer just sounds like a really skeevy name. Jack Schaefer uh, is going to be piloting a show that's going to be all about. Uh, delightful Agatha Harkness, and again, you could see this as take, you know when we saw the character at the end, she had the me- she she had the memory spell placed on her that she didn't know who she was anymore. Uh, so I could see the show very easily taking attack where she overcomes that, and or it's coupled with you know her origin story back in the fifteen. 15- 16 well yeah back in the salem salem witch era back in the day so anyway i have always loved katherine han she's fun she's cute she's she's a blast so i'm really fired up about this but if this is just announced i can't imagine we're gonna see this until 2023 and kind of in my in my guess wouldn't you think i mean it's, it's got to be a ways off yeah, I mean, they've got a lot in the, uh, you know, kind of the back burner of shows coming. So I don't think they have to rush into it. But I mean, um, you know, having spinoffs has always been it's always been a dangerous affair, right? Do you pick the right character? I mean, you had Joey from Friends. Not a good plan. 
Fraser work though, which was cool. Right. Mark and Mindy, uh, Laverne and Shirley. Um, what is it? Uh, you the Jeffersons. I mean, it, it, sometimes it works. Right. Yeah. And you're right. You, you roll the dice and I guess it depends on not only the, uh, popularity of the character, but certainly the supporting cast that would be created, uh, to, uh, to drive it. And again, there would obviously be a new supporting cast to drive this because it's not going to be the same old cast of, you know, the folks in Westview. So it's going to have to be something different. Yeah, you can't revisit what made WandaVision successful because it's just then it's just copycat. Um, She's a character. She's a larger than life character. So it's like, does that go? Does a little bit go a long way or is she enough to carry a carry a show based on her um, bombacity? I guess is the right word. Maybe not. You're trying to tell me she's bombastic like Shaggy? I think so. Yes, Mr. Bombastic. Uh, Mr. Fantastic. Uh, I could go all day. Uh, Just like Mr. (laughs) Like Shaggy could. Um, But oh well. Um, Going back to this. uh, Yeah, I'll be curious to see what they do. I don't necessarily want a prequel, but, you know, depending on how they go. We kind of got her prequel, right? She was a witch. All the bad things happened. Right. Yeah. Uh, A little little taste. And, you know, so again, yeah, it's It's probably enough. it could end up turning into a little bit how the sausage is made, like, you know, Solo, the Han Solo movie. Uh, it's maybe just, her redemption tale, Charlie. Like, we got with Loki kind of in a way. So maybe that's a way to develop that character and then bring in other elements of, like, the supernatural and mystic worlds. That could be fun. Gotcha, gotcha. Indeed. Well, uh, speaking of things that are new and exciting, which, of course, that's what we always do. New York Comic Con is wrapping up kind of as we're recording this at the end of the weekend. I didn't, I uh, barely knew it was going on. <laughs> to be well, honest, There I, just wasn't a yeah, lot of stories. There weren't a lot of stories. And there, were, there wasn't a ton of merch. I didn't even see from the floor. Uh, I saw some of the merch kind of skimming through one of the toy sites I follow. But I didn't see a table full of Hasbro stuff unless – it got posted today, so which always kind of mm-hmm. bugs me out because the lines I collect are Hasbro stuff. Uh, or I would love to have seen maybe any early prototypes of the new Playmate Star Trek stuff that we're supposed to get next year. So, um, who but owns Playmate? Who who? I'm just gonna ask you, who owns Playmates these days? Are they uh, yeah. like their own odd entity? Did they get bought and somebody's using the name? I don't know. I mean, they're still they're still producing a fair amount of stuff. So that oh. that's a little micro research project. How about you look at that while I talk about this? Because I want to know. Absolutely. But at any rate. New York Comic Con gave us a trailer for the now, what is now, well, just five weeks away almost to the day, season four premiere of Star Trek Discovery, which we're going to get on November 18. Uh, For those who haven't been uh, keeping up, sorry, uh, Discovery took a big old leap into the distant future there in the 32nd, the end of the 32nd century, uh, having leapt uh, leapt from the middle of the 23rd century pre-TOS in the first two seasons of the show. Uh, now the central character, Michael Burnham, is now the captain of the Discovery, and she has, uh, as of the end of season three, was tasked with the mission of helping put the United Federation of Planets back together by running around and giving everybody new sources of dilithium, which, of course, was the big driving force of the season last season, that uh, somewhat prior, there was the burn, all the dilithium exploded, they solved that problem, they found new dilithium. But now, and it was funny, when I was recording Code 47 earlier today with Rich, I said, I can't wait to talk about this with Todd, because what we're seeing out of this trailer is that the big nemesis... Todd, say it with me. It's a space anomaly. It's your anomaly. Favorite. It's like anomaly. 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 But yeah, we're getting we're getting a lot of great returning crew. Uh, you're actually also seeing uh, Captain Saru, Doug Jones's character, who left 
uh, for kind of parts uh, to return to actually his his home planet for the first time ever at the end of season three. Uh, but we've got new characters like uh, like Blue Dill Barrios Adira. Uh, and Gray as uh, Ian Alexander. So, or Ian Alexander is great. So, our LGBTQ characters that we saw uh, interviewed uh, on the panels on Star Trek Day. Um, so, yeah, most of the cast coming back. Very exciting. Um, this looks great. Um, but the big controversy today, and you can see it, people are flipping their damn wigs over the fact that there is a Ferengi starship captain pictured in here that does not look like the Ferengi that we know. From TNG, DS9, and Star Trek Voyager. To which I say, give me a break, guys. Come on. Thousand years in the future. This was the, and, and the debate that Rich and I were having. If you look behind me, this is exactly what I did during our show. There is a map of the United Federation of Planets and surrounding areas. I made reference to the Klingon Empire, which was the source of much fanboy butthurt in season one and season two of Discovery. The Klingon Empire takes up over a third of this map. It's vast, which means a Klingon who lives on this planet may not very well look like a Klingon who lives over on this planet because it's hundreds of light years different. So guess what? Hundreds of light years plus a thousand years in time is going to mean your Ferengis look different. Give me a friggin' break. That's all I'm going to say. I did make a... I did make a comment. It just seems like weird. Everybody else changes, but humans are essentially non-changing. We look the same, have the same number of fingers, eyes. We did not change or uh, morph. So somebody put made a joke because we're perfect. I'm like, you know what? I can't. I can't complain. We are pretty perfect. Uh, yeah, it's especially me. So anyway, um, I'm fired up about this. We're launching into a great season of friggin' Star Trek in the next year. Uh, this show is going to run side by side with the with the uh, kid themed Star Trek Prodigy, which starts on October 28th. Uh, when this show wraps up in February, we're getting Star Trek Picard season two, which already looks amazing. And then my uh, finally honed Star Trek senses tell me that following the end of Picard, we will have Strange New Worlds because it has been teased for 2022. So um, as I have said time and time again, we are entering a second golden age, kind of an embarrassment of riches of Star Trek. Uh, and it's a great time to be a you know content creator around Star Trek, so I'm really fired up about that. So, bing, bang, boom. Todd, what did you think of the trailer? Um, anomaly, like you said. That was like, oh, jeez. Uh, but again, it's, it could very easily be an egg MacGuffin. There's no doubt. Abs- absolutely. Could be what they're giving us now versus what it becomes at the end game. Right, so it totally right. makes sense. Um, I am curious, though. Every season of Star Trek Discovery has been kind of like reset kind of the status quo right. um it hasn't been one-offs it's been primarily a long story arc so that works after time but i mean can you continue at that pace because it seems like wow it, how do you outdo yourself or is it going to be we're going to settle into this time era and we're going to have one-offs we're going to do more of that fun but maybe we have a mini arc in the middle which is cool well, like start I, like like next generation had a couple like um cliffhangers things like that a great example of what you're talking about that that unfortunately did not maintain its high level quality was and, and I speak for Rich as well, but was the TV show Twenty Four, which was in the mm-hmm. early two thousands. My God, what a great concept! Every episode of the show takes place in real time, so a twenty four hour day is twenty four episodes. Season one, dynamite. Season two, dynamite. Season three. Cracks are starting to show because things have to get a little bit more ridiculous. You got to get a lot of red herring, weird plot threads that go nowhere. Season four, bounce back. Season five, strong. Season six, no. Seven, 
eight, nine explosion. You know, so can yeah. can the can a breakneck pace be sustained forever? Can a gimmick be sustained forever? No, it really can't. So you're right. So it does have to maintain some type of, you know, what's one of my favorite expressions in life? Trust. Uh, trust is. Uh, trust is. Uh, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. What do they say about trust? Trust is consistency. Uh, consistency. Oh, I was going to say trust but verify. <laughs> uh, yes, stop, drop, and roll. Consi- trust, is, trust is consistency over time. So you're right. Is it a great show? Will it continue to be great? It, it can't always be the same breakneck like bang, bang, bang. Yeah, it's it's got to settle into some kind of groove. So yeah, I hope that it's not like now or next time jump is we're going a million years into the future. Or we're no, going like, back again. We're going to do a yeah. circle. If Make it the went, circle of life. I think that would be absolutely dreadful. To, to yeah. So, so. Uh, one last thought uh, before we move on. Um, is it just getting a little bit like to be just a joke that it's like, yep, we're going to get we're going to do exactly what we've been told not to do because I'm a maverick. Well, in, in it's yeah, like a bad joke, right? At this point, kind of sort of. But you do have to now consider that because she's captain. She's got to, she's held to a little bit different standard. That was always what made the, the character such a, a rogue maverick is that, well, I'm, I'm the first officer or I'm the, I'm only the science officer or in the, in the first season, she's like, I'm a nobody, I'm an ex-con. So I yeah. can do whatever the hell I want. Absolutely. But now I, she's, she's the captain and the, you know, it's been said by many characters sitting in the chair, being a Starfleet captain myself of the USS Grand Petoskey, our fan club chapter, you know, when, when you sit in the big chair, things look different. So yeah, is she, is she likely to be uh, such a cow? I don't want to say cowboy, cowgirl, cow person, whatever it is that you maverick. Want to call it. She, is she likely to be such a maverick? I mean, just like uh, just Tom like, Cruise, just like James Garner, who uh, on the Rockford Files that was your, one of your dad's favorite shows. I remember. That. Absolutely, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. But what um, what probably won't be, what probably will be equally mavericky, but in a different way, is our next story uh which also you know i know we're going a little star trekky on this which i can't get enough uh star trek prodigy which i mentioned it's going to be uh, on nickelodeon available through paramount plus uh it was revealed that robert beltran will be returning as captain chakotay i love chakotay from voyager he was one of my favorite characters a lot of people have a lot of different feelings about him he's kind of my he's kind of my dude so i'm kind of fired up about that but that's cool, and it's great to have a returning character to be somebody that, if this is a two-part story, because really, what or a two-pronged approach, because really the the Proto Star, which is the ship from Prodigy, is a Starfleet vessel that's get it's stumbled upon in the Delta Quadrant by some wacky alien kids, and they've got to figure out how to drive it. And there's a hologram, Todd, this would drive you nuts, a hologram of Catherine Janeway, which would which is Todd's worst nightmare. I can just imagine Todd somewhere with with Catherine Janeway chirping in his ear. Todd, I think you'd flip out. I'm perfectly fine with Captain Janeway. I, I didn't <laughs> mind her. I just made jokes about her being like Catherine Hepburn, but and I just thought Voyager itself was just it. It, it is was it is. But I thought as right. her as a character, I you know right. I, I I cool. I'm cool with this. It's kind of neat because she's a hologram instructor right. uh, instructor, right? She's essentially like the, the the doctor from Star Trek is that she's there to be a supplement <clears throat> to a, a a captain or command staff to give them advice. Uh, in a lot of different ways. Oh, did I just lose you? Oh, you went a little fuzzy. You're back. Um, but anyway, my point is, is that what I think, you know, to, to not bury the lead, what's exciting about this announcement is that joining the voice cast are three huge names, Jason Alexander, 
Jamil Jamil and Davi Diggs. Okay, now you know all those names. Davi Diggs was in Hamilton. He was one of the stars. Mm-hmm. I think. Was he George Washington? I can't. Uh, no, he was not George. Wa- George Washington was a white dude. Um, uh, he played one of the other characters. I can't remember right. who it was. Yeah, but he had one of the huge. Uh, uh, Jamila Jamil, who was gorgeous, by the way, was in The Good Place. And then Jason Alexander, my God, he's George Costanza. Uh, and and actually has his own Trek pedigree. He did he he did guest as a villain in an episode of Voyager, so that kind of brings it back as well. But he would have made a great Harry Mud, by the way. Oh, I totally agree. I, I think kind yeah. of too old for their purposes, but sure. Yeah. Well, no, in this I case, totally yeah, yeah, yeah. But I you know I love I love this. They're getting, and I think I think I grabbed a weird link because the other one. Oh no, it does it does give the yeah. So uh, Diggs playing an enduring character named Commander Tysis, so he's Starfleet. Chakotay is. Beltran, he's the captain. Uh, J- Jamila Jamil is a, a, a Trill Ensign, which I think is awesome. And Jason Alexander is the voice of a Tellarite doctor. So all three of them sound like they're Starfleet, so probably part of Chakotay's crew. So this is awesome. I'm like super fired up about this. You know, when you're bringing name, name talent to canonical Star Trek, uh, you know, and bringing back Chakotay, who's a character I dig on. I'm just, I mean, I feel like New York Comic Con was all about Star Trek, and that that really works for me. So I'm, I'm down. Very, very cool. Yeah. Uh, neat to see this. Um, it looks like it's still going to be on Nickelodeon and Paramount plus. So it's kind of like that, which is a good idea. It's just good right. to have that show for a younger audience there. Cause kids are not just regularly turning into Paramount plus unless their parents right. have it by some means. So. so this is a good way to hit multiple audiences. So I like that. Uh, very cool. Um, Charlie, when it comes to playmates, it's funny. I went to their website, did not oh, find yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. their. I was trying to look up a lot of their history. They didn't talk about, they have some proprietary brands, um, which is interesting, uh, but they don't give a lot of great information about their history, which is just weird. Usually you go to Wikipedia, it'll give you like, uh, but they were established in 1966. They okay. don't say that they actually have ever been bought or sold. Um, they've actually used a lot of licenses, but when you go to their webpage, currently Star Trek is not one of their licenses, which is interesting. Oh, they do have it. Yeah. You know, you're right. I went right to the history tab. On it's very website. weird. And yeah. Yeah. So they started out making, uh, dolls, just dolls, mm-hmm. the Shirley doll. And then, yeah, it looks like some little kids stuff, like little barnyard toys. And then it jumps right into the Ninja Turtles. There's the Star Trek stuff. And, oh God, they made the Simpsons toys. I sold a huge collection of those for an associate of mine a couple of years ago. They really mm-hmm. went all out. And they had the absolutely horrible uh, 2009 Star Trek line. Boo. But, um, yeah, they were, I mean, it was, it was, obviously, it was huge news uh, a few months ago that Playmate had that license. So it's funny that you're not seeing a little bit more about yeah, it. Yeah, well, well, you know, maybe it's too early on. They have nothing. They don't want to show their hand. But, yeah, there's usually probably a news announcement. Right. And then they typically will talk about kind of their plans. But, yeah, I hope something good comes about because, yeah, that, that's, uh, that series is just, I mean, now that they've got so much momentum behind it, it makes right. no sense not to have a lot of cool merchandise. No doubt about it. All right, take us home with the trails of what I ordinarily would think sounds like a wonderful place to visit, but it turns out that's really not the case. So yeah, ahead. take me down to Raccoon City where the girls are sweet and the zombies are not so are pretty. Not so pretty. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, so we are getting uh, Resident Evil, which you may remember from video games, animated things, and Mila Jovovich in that horrible, horrible uh, franchise that came out before is actually getting a new adaptation. This is from Screen Gems, which I believe is one of Sony's like um, under like it's it's one of their like genre uh, publishers, kind of like Touchstone for Disney. Uh, right. So they are making this movie, uh, Resident Evil: Welcome to Raccoon City. Uh, right. It's November twenty fourth, and it's going to be in theaters because 
Sony still doesn't have like a streaming service. They have some deals with like uh, Netflix, but Netflix doesn't have a deal like for movies to go straight to Netflix uh, unless they own the property. So this is going to be in theaters first may come to Netflix later. But basically in this film, uh, which is starring Kea Scoladario, Hannah John Kamen, Robbie Amell, Tom Hopper, Evan, Avon Gogiel, Donald Logue, nice, and Neil McDonough. So not a bad cast. Uh, uh, you know, some names, but nobody bigger. Yeah, and, and I love Donald Logue. He's fantastic too. Just a great, like, he looks very Irish, you know, so you bring him in because, you know, you want a guy who looks Irish because why not? Um, yeah, we'll see how it goes. Uh, but yeah, basically, um, Resident Evil is on fire in the video games world. It's really kind of come about to just really be re- reinvent itself, which has been great. Um, they've done like remakes, which is, you know, we think of like remasters and things like that, where they've said, we're just going to take our property and we're going to make it really unique to keep a lot of the same story beats, but make it completely different, uh, which satisfies, you know, new and old audiences, which hopefully it does. Well, in this case, they're going back to what I would say is probably more, uh, part of the real franchise, which is, uh, basically you've got these cops that are part of the raccoon city police department. They're investigating, uh, uh, this thing, these bad things going on and they land in a, uh, mansion. And that's when hijinks ensue. The first game hat was known for horrible dialogue. Like one character goes, Oh, you are Jill, the master of an unlocking. You almost became a Jill sandwich. Just really bad dialogue in 1997. Yeah, so so not great. So I'm sure they'll play off of that a little bit. But this looks like it's going to be a combination, a little bit of both a Resident Evil 1, where they go to the mansion, and then Resident Evil 2, where it's like hell is broken loose. They're in a city. They have to take it down, take down uh, the zombies. And then, of course, you saw Will McDonald, who looks like he's the engineer of the the virus and everything like that probably to save his daughter right that's how it always happened charlie you know whatever they do create a virus because that'll save your kid no it won't it will make everybody die really that that doesn't always not work out <laughs> well you know it well we have our vi- we have our corona vaccine so maybe that's maybe we'll see if it turns out better hopefully for us if you like pina corona uh, 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 and getting caught with some pain yeah, I mean, but they've got some touchstones in this. They show this dog that's very iconic for uh, the game and where you get s- the poo scared out of you where the dog jumped through the windows. You see your first zombie who's uh, attacking someone in the mansion. He turns around. Just a very iconic part of that game. So they're capturing that. So I think hopefully they nail it for fans and it's good. And this is coming out. Uh, when was it? I said November. Is this like Thanksgiving weekend? Oh, really? November, so November 24th. God. Yeah, it's, so that's kind of a hard one. A horror movie over Thanksgiving. Maybe it works. I don't know. You know what? Is and again, it's 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 I'm sure it's very niche like a lot of horror is. So, it's going to work for people who, you know, who dig on the name recognition would be my vibe. So, we will we will find out. I got sorry, yeah. I got this, I got this pesky kitty who wants to be on the show. You stop. You silly little butt. Literally, sorry. You know how it is with cats. So anyway, yes. um, <laughs> well, <cool>. segue, <laughs> segue. Uh, while we're not talking about cat butts, uh, we will instead uh, page ourselves an Uber. We're going to check out of this joint, uh, the you know, get away from Madam Web and get over to where the action is really happening. The not hoppiness club in town. That would be the Geek Easy. So let's do it. Talk nerdy to me. Talk to We're sitting the Geek Easy, cover band is playing, and drinks have been poured as we get ready to get our nerd on this week. So I will kick it off because we're going to kind of share a bunch of stuff this week, which is kind of cool. Yes, I was I telling know. Charlie, 
Yeah, I don't think we've shared this much before. It's pretty cool. No, no. I, I, this is the first time I've seen four movies in 48 hours. Right. It's a new record for me, which normally doesn't happen, but I had Friday off and um, things were going on. So it just worked out pretty well. So, what, what, um, what, which was what fun. Was, what was the fourth movie? Well, I'll, I'll go into that, Charlie. Well, I just, I was looking at the list. It's not on the list. Well, because the last movie we're going to talk about in the Thunderdome was one of those movies. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. All right. Very good. Execute. Mm-hmm. Yes. So first, I'm going to kick it off uh, on Stargirl. Um, continue to watch the show. I'm, I'm completely caught up. Uh, this is season two. And this season does feel like the Empire Strikes Back. Mm. Of It's really gone dark. It's really... It, the team is in a bad spot. I mean, it's, it's basically they're trying to tear the team apart because they brought in Eclipso, and Eclipso is this dark force which um, essentially brings out the worst, can uh, manipulate, can do all these things to the heroes. And they're doing a really good job of talking about how the how the GS, JSA originally defeated Eclipso, but he's come back. And so you've had some flashbacks. Joel McHale has come back as Starman, which has been kind of cool. And just you're learning more about these characters in the JSA proper. Um, and along the way, we've got our team that's kind of at, just frayed apart. And a lot of mistrust, things like that. And uh, we have... Thoughts that we're going to get some new characters. Uh, Green Lantern was introduced at the beginning of the season, which was really cool. I think she's going to finally come back, which is very fun. Uh, the character of Jade, which is the the daughter of Alan Scott, who was the original Green Lantern. Green Lantern. So, yeah, I thought he was gay. Not in this show. Uh, there, they they go around with that to basically say he came out years later. So basically, like a guy who, okay, okay. yeah. So yeah. Totally uh, also, his and son was Obsidian. Not uh, not, yes. not Jade like uh, David Caruso. No, no, not that movie. No, so uh, it's very good, and I think we're getting three more episodes before the season wraps up. They're calling this this season Summer School because the kids had to go to summer school, which is very good. It's it's very fun. It's on the CW app if you want to watch it. Uh, also goes to um. Hmm. I remember, does this one then go to? I think it'll go to HBO Max once the season's oh, yeah, wrapped. Yeah, 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 exactly, because yeah. season one is already on HBO Max. I think that's the agreement they have. So very fun, very lighthearted. I liked all the characters. It's very fun. They actually introduced a character uh, that was just goofy, uh, voiced by Jim Gaffigan, which I thought was neat and fun. I love Jim Gaffigan. Hot pockets. <clears throat> Absolutely. So check out Stargirl. I, I recommend it for everybody that like maybe is uh, really uh, soured on the CW. This was a show for DC Universe before it became a CW show. So it's a different mindset, different uh, ideas, but I think they are planning for everything to cross over. We had Jay Garrick teased in this last episode. So they're bringing kind of everything together, which I really enjoy. Very fun. So check so out Stargirl. Very good. Yes. So then uh, we're going to go into kind of companion movies uh, and we'll get into this really quickly. Uh, Spectre. I finally watched Spectre because I had not seen it before. I'd seen all the other Daniel Craig movies and I just felt like, okay, I've got to watch this because I'm seeing (laughs) No Time to Die the next day. I'm like, okay, let's get through this. Let's go to town. I feel bad because I didn't even realize this because of my mom. I own it. So I don't know if you rented it or you find it at the library. I rented it. I, I got it for ah, cheap. Um, okay. Well, no, but that's fine. But I wanted to watch it in 4K UHD. I wanted to watch it the best way my TV can show me. So if I'm going to rent a movie from now on, I'm going to watch it in 4K. I've got a 4K TV. It's the closest thing to watching a movie in your house is the beautiful screen. So I think it's just silly. 1080p is not what your TV can put out there. It's it's yeah. it's better. It's not as good as what your movie. And if you're seeing it at home, why not watch it the best way you can? So um, totally get yeah, it. You know what we do to get around it? We turn all the lights off. Feels like we're at the movies. 
That's all I'm saying. Well, that's fine, but it doesn't change how the picture looks. But oh well, we'll move on. Okay. Yeah, yes, exactly. Does. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I watched it. The sound was wonderful. Actually, I had some headphones I used that were like Dolby Atmos headphones. Very cool. It makes it very nice. Doesn't disturb the family. Very cool. But I also have a new sound system, the same thing. But you know, when you're blasting that through the house, it kind of annoys people. So it was what it was. Uh, but yeah, Spectre, this is the fourth movie. Uh, we were introduced uh, with Christopher Christoph Waltz as the head of Spectre, which a little flim flam involved. You find out actually he and James were kind of had the same father figure. Uh, and he, there was a lot of jealousy along that line. So he actually ended up changing his name to, uh, Hans. Ah, I got, uh, Blofeld, <laughs> whatever his name was, it was Blofeld. Right. Yeah. It was Ernst. Hans and Fragen, or was there was an Ernst. Ernst in there for sure. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Yeah. And I, I should have rewatched this before I saw No Time to Die because I didn't even really realize that this film really informed upon No Time to Die. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, the main the main uh, Bond girl was Maudlin, as they called her. Uh, she was a daughter of Spectre. Um, she, was, and she, was, she was so Maudlin. <laughs> absolutely. She was a daughter of Spectre. So a lot of going around and they eventually her and bond really connected and everything like that. But that kind of leads us to the end of the movie. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, that was just a, it was a fun movie, not a great movie, but once again, um, it was interesting watching the opening credits, Charlie, the, all of the, the octopuses and everything for specter and the song by Sam, uh, Sam Shepard, Sam, Sam Simon, Sam, not, not simple. No, Sam. Oh shit. It's, it is not shepherd. Is it not Sam? Sh- no, Sam, it- not Sam the Sham. Not um, Sam Simon. I, I know who he is, and he's... Sam Smith. Sam, Sam Smith. Smith. There you go. Yeah, Stand By Me. I, I think it was... No, not Stand By Me. Uh, stay, stay With Me stay was with his me. song. There stay you go. Stay so, With Me! But his, but his, like, the theme in the opening with Bond just showing him his chest, and uh, it's just like, wow, that's such a throwback, and they still do it every episode, or right, every movie. Right. Right. They, they do, do the, the opening the credits. Long, the long animation, yeah, exactly. Yep, and then they do the opening, like, the one, like, setting piece where it's just it's a 15 minute just opening to show you who james bond is and they go into it so not much has changed it's it's more of a dour film but it actually has a positive ending so there we go um so i would say it got kind of a bad rep kind of along with quantum of solace where like those are the two that are kind of like the 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 uh, the even films are not looked upon as the good ones which is funny the the in betweeners, yeah, exactly. So absolutely, um, yeah. So but, so yeah. So yeah. that that took us that it took us through there. So I wanted to catch up. So yeah, I liked it, but it wasn't one of the best. So I did enjoy right. Spectre. Um, I and again, we actually just watched Casino Royale last night and this morning because we're kind of on a kick because Casino and Quantum of Solace are on Prime. Uh, the Skyfall and Spectre, we own them um, in our library, so we're we're intending to go through. But No Time to Die is uh the new hotness it's what's it's what's front and center so does pick up in in 2015 which is when specter is set i didn't realize it was so damn long ago that that movie came out because i know we saw it in the theater uh but again i probably would have benefited from a rewatch because i didn't really remember much of anything other than obviously christoph waltz is blofeld and blofeld is obviously bond's greatest nemesis and i knew there was a familial connection tied in somewhere but anyway yeah we pick up uh with uh, Spectre still trying to uh, track Bond down and Maudlin, uh, and he he escapes and puts her on a train and says, you'll never see me again. And then, you know, five years go by and we're in the present and Bond has retired and he's, you know, living the good life down. And he's either in Jamaica or Grenada or somewhere where he can, you know, take a shower outside and 
he can, you know, fish with a harpoon or whatever. And Dominican gets, Republic, why not? Yeah, he gets sucked back in uh, to the whole Spectre thing. Yes, there is now a, a genetically modified virus uh, that's making the rounds. Uh, it actually, uh, we found out our big bad guy is Freddie Mercury, uh, <laughs> Rami Malek, who is, do we ever really find out why his face was so jacked up? Uh, it was the poison that um, the whatever that his family was uh, yes, uh, killed with. Yes, 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 yes. So, yeah, uh, Rami Malek is the villain whose name I forget. Uh, his mission is to not only kill off all of Spectre, but then to kill Bond as well, because, you know, reasons. Um, and so, yeah, it's a life or death struggle where, uh, you know, even though Maudlin has been out of James's life, he ends up bringing her back. We meet a new 007 who's Nomi or Naomi or something. That's her real name uh, where they, you know, they have to spar and everything ends in this island uh, that is located between Japan and Russia. And I won't spoil the ending because that would be wrong. After a first week, yes, I would say it's it's maybe we'll revisit on a future show. But I yeah, I mean, this movie is it's the first time Bond has ever had like a long story arc. I think the right. only other time we got that was um, Timothy, uh, not Timothy Dalton. Um, uh, what's his name? Um, after Timothy. Uh, no, Timothy Dalton. Sorry. Yes, Timothy Dalton. Uh, he did. Uh, there was like two movies that overlapped where I believe it was the love of his life got killed so it was kind of like a revenge tale um i can't remember what the movie was called but that's kind of the only time they've done that but this was a yeah. five movie arc that told kind of the beginning and the end or the end of this bond's tale so um and it does not no spoilers but at the end it says bond will return so we are going to get more bond films so this is not the end of the franchise amazon wouldn't have spent all that money if they said oh, we're done <laughs> yeah we are all set uh, a franchise that I think would be super great if it did end. And Todd, you did actually finally. Oh, uh, but I, I do. I do want to say one thing before the highlight of this film, by all means, was Anna Darmus. Holy oh. cow. She was the American spy for the CIA. She is phenomenal. Just she's she's quirky and funny and she oh. looks believable. She does all of the stunts. Sweet, merciful things. I won't say my God. She was, she was phenomenal, beautiful and dangerous. And just, she didn't overstay her welcome. She was there and I hope she returns because that would be awesome. But I did read a subsequent article that they're not going to cram in spinoffs, which is good. Cause I, I do not. Oh yeah. That's remember like when uh, the Holly Berry character, like jinx from, uh, was it the living daylights? was, oh, she's going to get her own spinoff. Nope. Didn't happen. It was, it was Catwoman. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> let's uh, we'll do this one a little quicker because I talked quite a bit about it last week. Was it last week? You did, yes. Uh, Venom 2. You went and go to see Venom 2. Uh, so, yeah, Todd, how do you feel about Venom 2? I feel about the same as I saw with Venom 1. So uh, it was more Venom. Uh, so once again, I don't think this was worse than the last movie. It was about the same. These actors were chewing the scenery. It's a B-film. Um, nothing more so than that. Um, it was goofy. It was dumb, it, but it was still entertaining and fun. So I, I, I think people are looking for more in this movie than they're, they're ever going to get. And this movie outdid the last movie. So apparently it's what people want with Venom. And maybe, and like I said, this will not be the last time we get this take with Venom. We're going to get another take. We already had Venom Topher, Topher Venom, Tophenum, whatever we call him. Ven Venom Grace. Absolutely. So we're going to get another take on Venom in the future. And of yeah. course, uh, I, I don't know. Can we spoil this now, Charlie? The end of Venom? I, I, I think so. 
Okay. So yeah, I mean, so the end of this movie, I stayed for it. I mean, let's just put it this way. Venom's on the run at the end of the movie. He goes to the the Caribbean, I think, to hang out with James Bond. I think, maybe. Right. You think they were drinking? That's why he was in bed? Because he was all all drank Uh, out? Probably. And then he and Venom are talking and he says, well, let me show you really all about you know, right. my people know, and things like that. I, yeah, I know. But let me sing the song of my people. That always sounds like it's, you know, that there was a meme a little while ago. It was, let me yeah. sing you the song of my people. And it was a, it was a, a, a smoke detector. Ah, uh, yes. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. So we got essentially when that was happening, there was a blip and Charlie, right. we are now in, in the Marvel the multiverse. MCU. Yes. We're now in the MCU where he is watching J. Jonah Jameson revealed Peter Parker's identity, which happened, of course, at the end of Spider-Man Far From Home. So, yeah, what does this mean? We will find out uh, potentially somehow tied into uh, Spider-Man No Way Home. No Way Home? That's happened? Uh, No Way Home, correct. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and And it's funny because apparently the director of the film, Andy Serkis, said, I don't know where this is going. I just, this was my opportunity to bring us into, which was pretty easy to do. I mean, all they did was show right. a TV. <laughs> so not a big deal, right. but it is kind of funny because at the end of the movie, they said, we're going to be lethal protectors in this, right. in what they showed Spider-Man is the bad guy. So right. that would lead you to think we need to take down Spider-Man. Why not? All right. Finally, let's, let's take this home by talking about uh, the conclusion of the first Marvel animated program. That's been part of the Disney plus uh, University, what if uh, wrapped up with episode eight? <laughs> no, we can never keep this straight. Nine, was apparently. It, I think it was nine. nine. Yeah, Did it was we nine. Speak? Well, what's funny is that this episode actually alludes to an unproduced episode where you saw Tony Stark as part of the Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, I saw that. Because yeah, I had, to, uniform. I, yeah. I had to say that to April. I'm like, do we miss one? So I, no. I'm sure we didn't miss one, but yeah, because that uh, what the watcher has to do, breaking his oath. Again, because uh, that's what I saw some article. That's what he does. There's, there's like hundreds of occasions where he's broken his oath. So it's not a big deal. But anyway, he figures out that to take down the Ultron Vision Infinity Stone monster that is was kicking his ass at the end of the last episode. He's got to put together a Guardians of the Multiverse. So that's Peggy Carter. That's uh, Scar Jo from the previous episode. That's uh, Star Lord uh, T'Challa. That's uh, kill super bad Killmonger. That's uh, a certain type of Gamora from the episode we didn't see. Surfer dude Thor. Surfer dude Thor. Yes, from a couple episodes back where he's all comical and shit. Um, and yeah, this. Oh no, no Charlie, I've got his name. What is Polly it? Thor? Polly Thor. He totally was Polly Thor. He did not talk about nugs or groundage or t- grindage or tweaking, but. The essence was there. We just I haven't seen that part. Love it. Yeah, exactly. It could be in season two. So uh, anyway, I, I thought this was a great send off. Uh, they really slugged it out. They blew a bunch of stuff up. Uh, Arnim Zola got to be the chess TV at last because the, the USB arrow at the end got shot into Ultron Vision's eyeball hole and corrupted him. Uh, and oh, d- uh, the uh, Dark Doctor Strange was the last member of the team. He was the one who was able to contain Arnim Zola and the Ultron Vision in a pocket dimension, and it was his job to look over it. So he's truly the guardian of the multiverse. Great ending, and it's kind of fun. Everybody goes back to where they're supposed to be. So even Peggy goes back to um, she goes back to obviously her own time instead of you know having her reunion with Steve, which is what Steve did in in the MCU timeline. Um, but we see that uh, that ScarJo from. 
uh, prior Ultron episode actually gets dumped back into the universe where Hank Pym killed all the Avengers. Um, mm-hmm. And there was and there was still an overload, and so she gets to be the she gets to be uh, the widow in that universe where there's only three Avengers: there's her Captain America and Captain Marvel. But yeah, it, and and Nick Fury. Um, so cool send off. Um, I didn't necessarily felt like this was like oh this was leaning so hard on a season two um, because again there is and isn't continuity with what if that's the purpose of what if is there's no hard and fast anything because it's like here's a reality different than the one that you know and now it came to this point and we're not going to go back there again and it's fine because it's still told a story that you're not like but i gotta know this and that you might want you might find out what happens you might not find out what happens or they could simply just continue to move the things forward could this be here's a question for you could this be an occasion where they maybe start to weave in former fox characters i think it's possible yeah, because we don't know because it, because it could be essentially cheaper and easier than waiting, you know, three to five years for a Fantastic Four movie or an X Men movie. It could be, you know, what if the Hulk died and it's uh, he was killed by Wolverine, you know, and then they've got a Wolverine character. I don't, know. or maybe that would be too confusing. I'm not sure. It, it could be hard. I mean, and then they may say, "Well, we we don't want an animated special on Disney Plus to be the way we introduce the X Men or the Fantastic Four. I don't know, but obviously, we're getting the Eternals next. They could be brought right. in, right. you know. So everything they do in the future is still uh, can be brought in. Um, I don't know. I, at the end, I kind of felt like a little fatigued with some of these characters. I'm like. I'm like, eh, and they kind of did a lot of what we expected them to do. So, and right. after coming off of Infinity, uh, you know, End Game and things like that, I'm like, feel like we just did that a couple of years right. ago, which we did. So I'm like, like it, was, it was shutting down that. Well, because it's too the, soon, the, I think. I don't know. The, the, well, I mean, you know, maybe for you and 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 for me and people who are, are steeped in the lore, but for people who are, I mean, this series was made for people who love the MCU. It's tailor made. For sure. people who are not necessarily like you and me who have been doing this since we were 10 years old, but people who have been doing it for the last 10 years and watching sure. these movies. And now, so for them to be like, oh, the Infinity Stone. I'm I nostalgic. I, I, I'm nostalgic. I need, it's been three years, which yeah, is just well, silly. Well, yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah, exactly. It's, well, or, or it's just, it's comfort food. It's familiar. It's like, oh, they're revisiting a storyline that I feel like I can wrap my arms around. It's not all comic-y where it's like, what if the Fantastic Four's rocket landed in the ocean or some shit? And, and, yeah. and that happened back in 1961. So I, I get where you're coming from, but I think potentially to look at it through the lens of John Q. Public, who saw the Avengers back in 2012, and it was like, oh, it's the biggest thing of all time. And then Endgame was the biggest film of all time because you had this audience that had been along for that ride from you know 2008 all the way up to, to 2019 or to, to the present day. Um, that's more invested in that journey as opposed to you and I going back to 1985. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, I I, guess I I, I got you. I guess what I, what I don't want is Disney Marvel only being MCU things. Agreed. Yes. Yeah. Like I I just want this version of, I want to have them to do really fun stuff, different things, bring them in. And that's where I felt like the, what if was still just MCU. So I'm like, okay, but it's so, it's so fresh. It's like maybe, they could have done some really cool different things here versus just right. tweak and do that versus right. let's wait and revisit these characters in five years, 10 years, Which, whatever. So it feels like, Oh, we can then see these characters because all the characters now moved on. We won't get right. them and we can still use their images. Right. Cause Disney owns them now. Right. Yes. They, 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 they now own Chris Evans face for the rest of time. Sorry, Chris yeah. Evans. You, yeah. you have no face. 
Absolutely. We, we own your face. Thank you for, for sharing. Um, and we are getting a second season, maybe more than that. And they did have a stinger at the end of the episode. Did you watch the stinger, Charlie? Oh, my God. Did I not see it? What is you it? You didn't see the stinger? Oh, no. I won't spoil it then. No, I, maybe I did. Go ahead. What, what was it? Do you want me? Okay. I will. You've been warned, everyone. Spoilers. Uh, Scarlet uh, Witch takes Peggy Carter to a container. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. At the yeah, end no, of the wait. episode. And we get to see the Hydra Stomper. And that's not the only thing that's in the Hydra Stomper, as I will say, if you did not watch it. Really? And that was after the cr- what the shit? Yes, I I just oh, okay. scroll a little okay. bit more to watch it, but right, yeah. I'm, so that I'm then opens the door. I will do yep. it. Okay, I'll do it immediately after this. I'll get the wife down here, and we, we will we'll scroll forward to the end of the episode and watch again. But I had I had seen nothing about that on social okay. media. Okay, I just watched by my normal behavior is stay to it or look up. Is there a stinger? And I didn't even look. I just scrolled and I'm like, I yep, did, there's something I happening. Did, I'm going to watch. Is, I am. I am flabbergasted. You've been that. scooped. Scooped. I've, I've been oxtrid. Oxtrid. Okay. Well, we'll take. You've been oxtridited. <laughs> I've been oxtridited to another country. All right. Yes. Well, uh, let's take my, my uh, shock and awe. Uh, the hell out of here. We're going to get on a plane to the Landaunanda, to the Thunderdome, to amuse the mutants with week three of Shacktober. Welcome to another edition of Thunderdome! Thank you, Tina. We're sitting in the Thunderdome where the mutants have been gathered for a topic or game to be entertained. And it is now week three of Shacktober. Oh my God. October is like halfway, more than halfway done. How do we, how did this happen? Just well, you know the the, the moon uh, rotates around the sun. No, okay, that's not right. The Earth spins right. Oh, there's some stuff that happens in space. It happens, yeah. And apparently, like daylight savings time is not until like November seventh, which is just crazy. It's like that's what? like the longest it's been. Yeah, it's crazy. Oh well. Uh, enough about the lunar uh, cycles of the world, uh, man. Uh, this was my pick this week. We picked. The Final Girls from 2015. This is a movie that's been on my radar for a long time, but it's never been on a streaming service. It was like you had to pay 20 bucks or whatever to, to watch. I'm like, what? okay. No way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was like forever. It wasn't on a streaming service. You had to rent it or buy it. So, uh, and I'm like, okay, let me just see if it's out. And it is. So The Final Girls is out. Uh, it's on Hulu now. If you guys want to watch, you know, stop now, watch the movie and come back and listen. But at this point, I will tell you a little premise of the movie. A young woman grieving the loss of her mother a famous screen queen from the 1980s finds herself pulled into the world of her mom's most famous movie reunited. The woman must fight off the film's maniacal killer. Uh, this movie was United. Sorry, no. ab- absolutely no directed by Todd Strauss Schusen. Don't know who he is uh, written by M for Fortin and Joshua John Miller uh, pr- starring uh, Tice Vermiga, Malin Ackerman, Adam Devine, Thomas Middleditch, Ali Shawkat, Alexander Ludwig, and Nina Dobrev. Uh, Great a budget cast. I loved it. Oh yeah, budget of four four point five million dollars, which they did a lot with their budget because I like they. It did not look like a four million dollar film. Right. <laughs> it did not. No. 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 So this was a uh, movie I'd always like. I'd always been curious about, and I'm like, this feels like a movie that. Should have been on more people's radar. Wasn't. And man, oh man, I am so happy I saw this film. So good. I, I, and again, I was going into you and I had been doing a bit of back and forth. And I, you said, we'll pick something off this list. And I picked 
something that we were going to do next week that was that nobody's at home or somebody's at home. And you're like, oh, dude, it's stinking. And in my mind, I had it flipped around thinking you were talking about this movie. I'm like, oh, Oxford's got me watching this steaming pile of shit. And this thing was fantastic. So I'm glad that I'm glad that I had this misnomer that I misunderstood because th- this was a ton of fun. What a great cast. Um, I've always been a little weird about Malin Ackerman because her first movie was that Ben Stiller vehicle called The Heartbreak Kid, where she has to oh not, she she has to pee on him because he gets stung oh no by it. he got stung by oh uh, that's a jellyfish kid. yeah yeah and I just I can't I can't ever divorce myself from that image uh, and it just I so I I've never been a huge fan. But I do like uh, Tessa de Farmiga because I like the family. I like, you know, I like her. And it's weird. Did you know that Verna Farmiga is not her mother? It's her older sister. Older sister? Yeah, it that kind of makes so, sense. Yeah. so weird because it, it is because it seems like there's a big, yeah, it yeah. seems like there's a big age, bigger age gap than that. Yeah, right. but yeah. And then, you know, Adam Devine, who is always just stupid, ridiculous fun and everything. Um, and then yep. you had uh, just a lot of the, hey, it's that guy. And then. Uh, Nina Dobarev is was on Vampire Diaries, which I unfortunately watched an episode or two because a friend recommended it once upon a time. Um, but they they were all fun. It was and Thomas Middleditch, who was on Silicon Valley, which is a show that April and I love. Um, so you had a solid cast going in. I, I love the the uh, you know the, the premise. Obviously, you got a young lady that her mom is kind of a washed up actress. She died. You know, she ends up dying in a terrible car crash so, six months later. Uh, they go to see a revival of one of her films, which is a slash movie from the early 1980s, as you were saying. Uh, and there is a fire in the theater, which magically transports them into the world of the film, which every 92 minutes it reboots no matter what they do. So it's like they spend the first couple plays of it just sitting uh, and watching the you know the slam van drive by with a with the the dumb teens uh, on their way to say you know they have the oversexed girl and the oversexed boy and the virgin and they all you know need to find a way it's kind of there was there was an episode of star trek that had a quasi similar plot line where they they were stuck in a book it was riker and Worf and data they were stuck in a book they couldn't escape the setting of the book until they saw the the until they saw the plot line through and then the whatever the thing is would release them so this kind of had shades of that but it was you know a lot obviously a lot grittier um because it it, you know the only thing that could have made it grittier is if gritty was in it wouldn't that be awesome oh gritty Gritty, yeah he he actually was the serial killer sorry spoiler guys no (laughs) sorry for everybody in 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 philadelphia pittsburgh who probably want to stab us because gritty is um Gritty is God. This oh, he is—he is, he is a God. patron saint, yes, of hockey. Yeah. So, um, I, I will say, um, the premise is very fun. The use of it, uh, a trope of you know going into something like uh, was it Pleasantville, very similar to that. Uh, but the way they use the medium, the uh. The tropes they, they they obviously knew it kind of reminded me of Scream how the one guy says you know the guide they had a guide a guide essentially who was a movie buff who knew all about these films so he knew what everyone was going to say and could kind of play it out knew how many minutes to wait for something to happen the use of the flashback was really cool and unique and very interesting uh, remember when they like the 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 things would come down Charlie almost like it was like sh- mm-hmm. uh, like a water I don't know what it was but it was very cool changed the the look of it. And the way that the characters then pivoted and used all of those things to their advantage, which I thought was neat. It was just like, yeah, we know this premise. We're buying into it. 
Uh, what do we have to do to survive? And all these different things, the way they played out was very cool. Like um, if you remember the very end of the movie, when you got to the end of the film reel, which I thought was fun. It's like, Oh, this is different too. It's like, where are we at? What's happening? I don't know. And there was a lot of just unique and innovative things. And even when they thought they had figured it out, they didn't, which I thought was cool too. It was like twist. Interesting. Okay. Twist. Yeah. So, um, uh, and, and I will say that, um, the, the, one of my favorite parts of this movie was the fact that we don't get this a lot was a character, obviously spending time with her mother. And it was very heart touching that whole relationship building that moment where she could spend with her mom. Um, and there was just a lot of heartfelt moments between those two characters. And I really liked that a lot. I really thought it was neat. A lot of self-awareness in a lot of the characters, like the one girl, named, I think it's Nina Dobrev, who says, you know, I'm the bad girl, so my time is, all, is probably well past what it should be, meaning she should be dead by now. It's really good. And I loved the one character. I can't remember what her name was. Uh, the one that the, 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 the the sexy one who tried to strip. <laughs> that was awesome. I loved it when she took the Ritalin. Perfect. She was so crazy playing to cherry pie. What could be better? Right. Which again, I always love it when a movie set in the eighties gets their eighties wrong. So that song came out in 1989. Yeah. This is in 1986. Yeah. So yeah, that, but that's a, anyway. Yeah. I, I totally dug on it. This was fun. This was a good pick. Um, does goes to show us that we need to exercise uh, a little bit more caution in looking at RT uh, so that we skip the next door house, nobody's home, whatever the, the, the thing is. That Netflix we- original. It sounds like it's a miss. Yeah. When I yeah. looked at that, I'm like, hmm, yeah. uh, I'd rather not spend my time on something that's not too great. But yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, great movie. I think it was just something that, you know, it's one of those could could be a cult classic uh, eventually because I think there's a lot to this movie that I think really makes it sets it apart from others. Um, not not I mean there was some gore into it but nothing like too not bad. Like the, not like some of the stuff we've been watching. Not like the uh, the Fear Street or the what, what no. we watched last week. The uh, the uh, Wicker the, Man wasn't that bad. No, not Wicker. The the one before that, the Freaky. Was, oh yeah, was Freaky bad. was pretty. Yeah. It's pretty rough too. Yeah, yeah. yeah so. Exactly. Yeah, yeah Wicker, so this Man, I, fun... I, Wicker Man, I enjoyed the graphic uh, portion of Wicker Man. It was another part, yes. That was a different Just part, right. yes. That were, that yes, exactly. For me. So cool. Yeah, I would give this one, uh, as far as Kimpy Horror movies going, this is like this is like a, probably like a seven and a half uh, hacksaws out of ten for me. Definitely. Oh, I'm, I'm going higher. I think 8.5 on this one. Love it. Oh, all right. Gotcha. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know where you're going to get half a hacksaw, but we're, we're gonna, we'll get it figured out. I'll, I'll use it. And I, I think one of my favorite parts, though, where they're standing in the background and they see the credits rolling. That was funny, yeah. too. I'm like, oh, oh very good. Right. Yes. We're, and stay to the end. Stay to the end is all I will say. Anybody watch not this? again. I don't even. Yes, Charlie. Did you not <laughs> stay to the end of this one? Ah, son of a bitch. All right. Sidebar. We'll, we'll talk about that oh after this. So stay to the end, know. folks. That's all I will say. Oh so that gosh. is it, Charlie. So we've got our reviews. Next week will be Halloween Kills in theaters yes. and on Peacock Plus, whatever they call it, uh, P- to watch. P- P- on Peacock. It's Peacock, baby. Don't you remember, <laughs> Don't you yes. remember Tracy Morgan? Yes. <laughs> it's Peacock, it's P- Jenna Baloney. Okay, so uh, folks, with that, we uh, with that we bring this lovely little program to a close. Thank you, as always, for joining us. I'm going to tell you, as always, that sharing is caring, and to keep on trucking. Be the hero, not the villain. In the truck.
Nugs grindage, dudes. Buddy. This podcast is part of the Secret Friends Unite podcasting network. Visit secretfriendsunite.com for more great shows, articles, news, reviews, and more. Secret Friends Unite podcasts are available on Apple, Google, Spotify, and other podcast services around the world. If you'd like to be part of the conversation, you can join us on Facebook or our new Discord server, or follow at Secret Friends U on Twitter. Please subscribe to Secret Friends Unite on YouTube and visit our merch store at tpublic.com. Just search Secret Friends Unite. Thanks for listening.